We're uh, today in part three of our series, Can We Be Friends? And if you haven't uh, heard any of this so far, it's okay. It's all on our YouTube channel. It's really been helpful. Has anyone gotten anything out of this series? Amen. Okay, cool. Um, it's all on our YouTube channel. You can go back and listen to it. But we're going to pray today because uh, this one's going to be a little tough. Just so you know. This one's going to be a little rough. We pray every week because we like that kind of thing. But just go ahead and put your hand on your own heart and just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Come on, out loud. Thank you for your word, Lord God. God, would you breathe on it today to speak to me? Holy Spirit, speak to my heart today with this word, with what you have written for all people at all times. Speak to me in this room. Speak to me on this live stream. Speak to me in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee at that microsite with Pastor Angie. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Come on, pray. Speak to me, Lord. I need you to speak to me. I don't want to leave here the same. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> I'm just going to start with a really happy verse. Are you ready? Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Some of y'all are not going to like this today, and that's okay. I've prepared my heart. It's okay. Nobody help me. I'm fine. Okay? <laughs> Oh, by the way, uh, eight people have said yes to, to Christ today, by the way, between our two campuses this morning and then South Tampa already. Eight people. Yeah. Amen. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Let's read it in the Amplified. Same verse. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve his hidden agenda. Listen. I want to be very clear here. There is a difference between the wounds of betrayal by a friend and the faithful wounding of a friend. There's a big difference between being betrayed by a friend and having a faithful friend wound you. Very different things. The wounds of betrayal come from behind. They stab you in the back. The faithful wounds of a friend, they come right at you. In the light, they want it on record. They want you to know they're coming. There's nothing hidden about it. Betrayal wounds are from an unfaithful friend, but faithful wounds are from a friend that won't give up. I'm going to show you in the, in the Bible how this is true, okay? And listen to me. You need to be wounded by your faithful friends. You do. Nathan and David is a great story. Uh, it's actually a difficult story. It's a really hard one, okay? It's not one of those happy stories. And honestly, we have sterilized the Bible so much it's just, like, boring to people to go to church because we don't actually read the Word. We don't actually preach the Word. If you just read the Bible to people, they'd be like, what? It's like, a, it's like the most epic, craziest movie ever. All right? It is. And if we would just um, stop, honestly, being wimps and shying away from difficult passages, I think the world would want what we had, honestly, because they want the real, the raw, the, the potent, Right? They want to feel it. So I'll give you context for what we're about to read. The context is this. David, at the time where kings go to war, stayed home. He was home when he should have been at war. His troops were out fighting, and he was home resting. That's bad leadership, number one. You know you're in a bad way when you forsake your assignment. Let me tell you something. If God gives you an assignment and you say no, you, target your, you put a target on your forehead for the enemy to tempt you. You say, come on in. Come and get me. You know where I'll be. I'm not where God told me to be. 
the most, the safest place for you to be is in the center of God's will. Paul was in the center of God's will, shipwrecked, snake bit, stoned to death, naked, hungry, the center of God's will. That was the safest place for him to be. I'm telling you the truth. So David forsook his assignments, and then he saw Bathsheba, right? And I'm going to say something that most pastors will not say. And you, you need to be okay with this kind of talk around here or just whatever, you know. I'm not going to quit, so you can quit. No, just, <laughs> I'm not here for you. I'm here to obey the Lord. I am. I, and he needs his word handled properly, preached truthfully, without, without the frillies, you know. Listen, that story of David and Bathsheba is a rape story. When the king sends guards to go get you from taking a bath and says, the king wants you in his chamber, you have two choices, obey or die. It, David raped Bathsheba. And if you're like, oh my God, we can't talk like that in church, you're missing the point entirely. This is egregious to the Lord. Horrendous, sick, bad. Are you with me? So David rapes her and impregnates her. And he calls for her husband from the front lines to come home. And he gets him drunk. He tries to get him to sleep with Bathsheba to cover his tracks. Homeboy is so integrous, he sleeps on the steps of the, um, of the palace. He will not even go home. He says, how can I go home and be with my wife when my brothers are on the front line? Yeah. This is in 2 Samuel, by the way. Um, chapter, I think, 11 and 12. But anyway, the point is, he wouldn't do it. So David's like, I got to kill him, straight up. He sends him to the front lines, and he tells the commander to pull back when he gets to the front, when Uriah gets to the front. He kills him. He murders him through the enemy by leaving him isolated with the enemy. Yeah. So this is a story of rape, lying, and murder. Political cover-up attempt, all of it. So tell me again why God can't use you. God ended up calling David a man after his own heart. The rapist, the murderer, the liar. The one who uses political power to kill people. God can't use Biden. God can't use... Trump, you see what he did, how he talks to women? Uh-huh. Just, just defend me. Okay. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say that. No. Holy Ghost gave me a handbrake. It's okay. It's like, eh, all right. I'm going to say what the Lord is saying, not what I want to say. Because I got things I want to say. I'm just not going to say it. All right. If you're disqualifying yourself because of your history, you don't know the heart of God. You do not know the heart of God. I can't be used for God because I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> You're deceived. And we pick up the happy story in 2 Samuel chapter 12. It says, the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, there were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and he grew it up with him, and with his children, and it used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arm, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, 
And the rich man was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guests who had come to him. But he took, he stole the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he has done this thing and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. And I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Called out. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be your wife. Now, in verse 13, David repents, okay? David repents, but I want to focus on this part because this is the faithful wounding of a friend right here. This is what it looks like to be a faithful friend who wounds faithfully because he repents. Nathan, I want to point out a couple things from this story. Nathan, even though he was guilty of rape, lying, political leverage to make, you know, gain for himself, all that stuff, Nathan brought David back to his love of justice. Nathan, the first thing he did was bring David back to his love of justice. The first thing he did was remind David that he hated injustice by telling a story of injustice. He knew the gold of of truth was in David's heart, buried underneath all this deception and the lies and the filth, because everything good is worth digging for, by the way. He knew it was in there, and he was like, there's gold in there. I'm going to pull it out and show it to you. Remember, you hate injustice. David's like, you're right. I hate injustice. That's wrong. And then Nathan wounds him, but he starts with, this, with bringing his love of justice to the surface. Do you see that? could have come right in and said, you've done something wrong, but he doesn't. Listen to me. The faithful wounds of a friend will always start with your true self, not your bad behavior. The faithful wounds of a friend will always start with who you truly are, not with how you're acting. Nathan kept calling David king. I was talking to my friend Stephanie this week about this. She pointed it out. She's a great teacher. She said, I love that Nathan never stopped calling David king. He never undressed the king. He never said, you're not anointed anymore. You're not called anymore. No, no, no. Never once. He dealt with the behavior without assigning his identity to the mistakes. And this is what the faithful wounding of a friend does. Nathan, after calling David back to his self, bringing him back to his love of justice, Nathan wounded David into repentance. You need friends that will wound you into repentance. The fruit of wounding from a friend is actually turning back to God, turning back to the, the things of the Lord. You need those kinds of friends who can wound you. I told you you weren't going to like this. At least I warned you. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. I'm good, I think. Anyway, <laughs> it's weird for me up here sometimes, just so you know. 
We're going to walk through Proverbs 27, 6. We're going to look at the language, the original language. I love doing this. It's my favorite way to teach, and when the Lord lets me, I love it. All right? It says, faithful. Say faithful. Are the wounds of a friend. That word faithful is aman. That's the Hebrew word that's used there. Aman. It's where we come, where we get amen from. Okay? And it means literally to build up or support, to foster as a parent or to nurse. To build up or to support, to foster as a parent or to nurse. That's the word for faithful are the wounds of a friend. So the wounds of a friend build you up. They don't tear you down. The wounds of a friend support you. They don't pull the rug out. The wounds of a friend care for you like a foster parent nurses a child from another home. It's like we become the foster moms and dads to our friends when we choose to correct them in love. You know, when you're like growing up, your parents have a certain level of authority. Then you move out and you start your own life. You have your own family. Your own family, they kind of lose that place in your life. It's not bad. It's just the cycle and season of life, yeah? yeah? You know, it's crazy cool that I think that God would send in a surrogate, a faithful friend, to come in and correct you, you know? Because you know, or we know, like, you know, the mom and dad don't have that place anymore, so he sends foster parents in the, in the form of a friend who are faithful to wound us. You're like, this, is this a grace message or not? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Jesus showed us this. He modeled it. Jesus is the model. You are the painting. Holy Spirit's the brush, and Abba's the painter, all right? He's looking at Jesus. He's dipping into the chaos of your life and using all your mess to make a message. He's using the Holy Spirit to paint Jesus on your canvas of who you are. Okay, so we always look to Jesus around here. Matthew 27, 37. These are the words of happy, loving, beautiful, kind Jesus. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you are the city that murders your prophets. You are the city that stones the very messengers who were sent to deliver you. And just for all my millennials and Gen Zers, that's with rocks, stoned with rocks. Not it's with rocks, okay? It's killing them. So many times I've longed, this is Jesus, longed to gather a wayward people as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were too stubborn for me. You need to hear this in the right tone. You need to, you really should make sure that when you're reading your Bible, it's in the tone of God the Father, not in the tone of the Godfather, okay? You need to make sure you're reading it with the right tone, all right? This is, I can read this to you, same words, totally different tone. It'll change everything. So many times I have longed to gather a wayward people. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were too stubborn for me. Or I can say, so many times I long to gather a wayward people, just like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were too stubborn to let me. Same words, different tone, totally different impact. Amen? You need to be careful. Ask the Holy Spirit for discernment, making sure you're not putting your earthly father or some leader's tone in the place of Jesus. I was listening to the Bible app the other day, and I was like, oh, man, I had to turn it off. I, you should listen to your Bible app, but there's one translation. Every time Jesus talked, he sounded mad. Every time, even when he said the nice stuff, he sounded angry. I'm like, this guy doing these audio recordings needs an encounter with God. <laughs> you know, I'm, like, I'm like, you have no idea what, who's talking right now. It was serious. Every time Jesus spoke, he sounded really stern and angry. I'm like, that's not more spiritual. 
Sternness is not a fruit of the Spirit. You know? Joy is, patience is, kindness is. <laughs> anyway. Faithful. Jesus, can you see how he was faithful to wound Jerusalem in that moment? Say, hey, you need to hear it. But it's because I want to gather you. It's because I love you. It's from a place of love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Say wounds. That word wounds in the Hebrew is actually the Hebrew word that means to bruise. So here's the thing. You see the wounds of a friend. They leave a mark, okay? The wounds of a friend leave a mark even after the striking. You can see the effect of the strike long after it happens. You ever gotten a bruise from something? You carry that bruise for a little while after, right? Yeah. So, that's what a bruise is. It's, it's, it's marking the marking. Saying, something happened to me. Yeah? And I think that word choice is interesting. And it tells me that the wounds of a friend will show up in our lives for good even years after the hard conversation. Years after, they're lessons that stick with you. Yeah? They don't just have an impact, they leave a mark. Genesis 32, 22 through 32, we don't have it, Zach, sorry. I just, just want to give you a reference. Genesis 32, 22 through 32 is the story of Jacob wrestling with an angel. All right? Your, your Bible is not boring, y'all. Okay, it is not boring. We got murderer rapists that God calls and uses to lead all of his people. We got guys wrestling with angels all night long, you know? It's like WWA. No, okay, sorry. That was bad. Anyway, some of you got it, but that's because you're corny like me. It's okay. Jacob wrestles with an angel until the angel pops his hip out of place, knocks it out of socket, and the dude keeps wrestling. Like, at that point, I give up, uncle. You know what I mean? Like, his hip comes out, and then he wouldn't let go of the angel until the angel blessed him. The angel ends up giving him a new name. Instead of Jacob, he gives him the name Israel, which means strives with God or prince, okay? So it says in verse 31, though, this is what I point out, that Jacob actually walks away with a limp. Walks away with a limp. Walking with a limp because you wrestled with a friend means your walk has changed because you were wounded, you walk different now because of that wounding. People see it. There's a bruise. <laughs> you need friends that will wound you into a new walk with God. I feel so stuck. I feel so stagnant. You don't have any friends who can wound you. I do. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> you know? I love it. Everyone knew why Jacob was limping. And that's a type and shadow, right? Everything written before and is a type and shadow used for our, for our instruction. So check this out. It gets even better in the new covenant. Because the limp, God told me this once, the, Jacob's limp is a type and shadow of the people of Jacob's leap in the new covenant. Everyone should see the reason for your leaping. He was limping. We get to leap. You get to leap for joy because trials of many kinds come your way, Right? You get to leap for joy when you have a friend who's faithful enough to wound you. I'm not talking about betray you. That hurts. I'm talking about the faithful wounds. Are you with me? Come on. Everyone should see and know why you're leaping. You should be like, man, you really got a lot of joy in your life. Yeah, it's because I got great friends who call me out on my crap. You know? <laughs> okay. Keeping it as PG as possible when I'm being biblical as possible. It's difficult, but I will do it. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Say friend. friend. 
This word, friend, in the Hebrew literally means to love or have great affection for. Listen to me. If you don't have love for them, you're not qualified to wound them. You cannot faithfully wound someone you do not love. It's an unfaithful wound when it comes from anything but love. The wounds of a friend are not done in anger. They're done in great affection. See, here's the thing. Some people weaponize scriptures like this. Pastors weaponize scriptures like this. All right? The theology police on Facebook weaponize scriptures like this. Yeah, I'm looking right at you. All right? They do. Like, oh, yeah, well, they needed it. They needed to hear it. They needed to hear the truth. No, you needed to be heard as right. It was more about you than them. Because you were doing it in anger, not in affection. If it's not done in affection, it's not done as a faithful wound. This is, it's clear. In Galatians 6, 1 through 2, we have a, a prototype, a model for how to do this, okay? It says, my beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken with a fault, may the one who overflows with the Spirit seek to restore him. People who are overflowing with the Spirit, speaking tongues all the time, usually are seeking to ruin, not to restore. You know I'm right. You know, because there are people in this room who, under the guise of Scripture, were betrayed by leaders, broken by people, and they use Scripture to do it. It says, if you see a believer who is overtaken with a fault, may the one who overflows with the Spirit seek to restore him. Our correction in the church, historically, has not been restorative. Have you paid attention? There are very few cases of restoration. There's lots of cases of retribution. Very few restoration. It's a problem. I've been in those rooms. I've advocated for this. I'm not speaking out of turn. I have history with people who should have been restored into the ministry, but they're cast out. Those are not the faithful wounds of a friend. Win him over. Listen to this. It continues. Win him over with gentle words. Imagine that. Which will open his heart to you and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. Isn't that what Nathan did? Nathan won him over with gentle words. He said what needed to be said, but it was speaking the truth in love, not loving to say true things. Very different. A lot of the church just loves to say the truth. It's not speaking the truth in love, just loving to say true things. It's true that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified. It's a comma there. It's not even a period. So please finish the sentence and are justified. Okay. So anyway, so I want to preach today. But win him over with gentle words, which will open his heart to you and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. If you feel like you're better than them, you are not in a position to faithfully wound them. If you've elevated yourself above them, like, oh, look what they did. I really need to help them. I need to pull them out of their junk and up to my level. Nope. Disqualified. Disqualified. That is not the discipline of the Lord. The discipline of the Lord, it comes underneath and supports. It doesn't stand on top and bark. Faithful, right? Supportive. Build up. Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. Let me help you right now. This is going to hurt, but it'll help. If you see someone in trouble and you're not willing to carry their trouble, shut up. 
If you're not willing to carry the trouble, then you're the one in trouble by speaking up. I love preaching with Pastor Abraham down in South Tampa because it's bilingual. I made the whole room laugh because, you know, you have to break up the, the sentences, you know. It's great. It's one of my, I've been waiting all week to do this. It was awesome. I was like, if you're not willing to carry their trouble when you see them in trouble, and he's translating, and then I waited, and I went, then, cállate tu boca. <laughs> and he goes, then shut up. <laughs> he puts it in English. It was great. It was great. <laughs> Listen, this is the key. This is how you know you're a faithful one who's going to wound someone into repentance. You're willing to carry their trouble. Nathan wasn't dropping a word and piecing out. Nathan was going to stick in the fight with him and work with David to carry that mess. I promise you. Or else he wouldn't have done it that way. He would just come in and read everybody's mail, point out all their faults and say, you know, deal with it and left. That's not God. The Lord, Hebrews 12, 6, disciplines the one he loves. The one he loves. If it's not done in love, it's not a faithful wound of, the friend, of a friend. The word discipline there is actually means to educate a child. Okay? So God will use your friends to teach you and even chastise you with them because he loves you. It's from the affection of his heart, not the anger of his heart. He knows we're all just children who need help. Come on. I'm just a child of God who needs help. Amen? Amen. If you refuse the wounding from a friend, you will stay childish. If you refuse the wounding of a friend, you will stay childish. There's childish and childlike. They're very different. Some of us are staying immature because we refuse to let our friends faithfully wound us. I'll tell you if you're immature or mature right now. You don't have to raise your hand on this. Okay. I'll tell you if you're immature or mature. How many people can wound you? How many of your friends can t call you out on your junk? And you don't blow up on them. You actually hear it. You actually receive it. If you only have betrayal wounds or the wounds of an enemy, you are immature. If you've only been hurt by people who don't know you, you are immature. Are you following me? I know. I told you some of you wouldn't like this, but you need friends. That will wound you. If you choose to be chastised, you will invite correction. You'll actually quick, grow quicker this way. And everyone will see you leaping. Everyone will see it. Let's read this verse again. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern. Uh, the Amplified, yep. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they, have, they serve as hidden agenda. Here's the deal. Anyone who has not invited Jesus to be their friend, their Lord, their Savior, you do not have the wisdom to know the difference. Even if you do have the Lord, it's still hard to tell sometimes. Are these the kisses of an enemy or the faithful ones of a friend? What are they? I don't know. You have to seek the Lord. Amen? But if you do not have Jesus as your Lord and your friend, you do not have this source of wisdom to guide you. Without the wisdom of God in Christ, you'll never know. You'll never know for sure which way or the other. And your relationships are probably in shambles. It's important. It's important. In order to have friendships with people, have godly friendships, you need to have a friendship with God. If Jesus isn't your friend, you will never be a good one. You're like, well, I know people who don't. I'm telling you, until you exchange your wicked heart for his new heart, 
you will have your own motives. But when it's his heart operating in you, when you have the new heart, it's his motivation called love. And it might be buried by behavior. That's after the fact. The first concern of God is your belief, not your behavior. And that's why he said, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from yourself. Saved from hell eternally, absolutely. But saved from being hellish on earth as well. Amen. Come on. Would you stand? I just want everyone to stand and close your eyes. This is how we're doing it today. And just me open, only my eyes open. Everybody close your eyes, please. I need to just release something over everyone here, everyone watching on live stream. If no one's ever told you, let me be the first. I don't mind repeating it. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. You might think you're worthless. You might think you're too far gone. But you've been wrong before. My Jesus says you're to die for. And the opportunity today is to know him as a friend. To know him as a friend. It's your chance. It's your choice. So right now in this room and on live stream, you can put in a comment if you're watching. If you do not know you have peace with God, if you are not sure, absolutely sure in your heart of hearts that God's not mad at you, that you have total access to him, that he wants to be your friend, and you want to know that for sure, no one's going to embarrass you, nothing's going to happen other than your commitment to him. If you want to know that for sure, with every eye closed, just raise one hand in the air. I see you, bro. Amen. I see you. I see you. I see you. You can put your hand down. Amen. Anyone other than those four right there? Anyone else? On live stream, you can just say, I want to know the love of God. I want to know for sure. Anyone else? Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask those four to pray, but I'm going to ask the whole family to pray because we're going to join in with them. Okay? Pray this with me out loud. Lord Jesus, I believe you are God. You're the only true God. And you came to this earth to die for me. To pay for all of my sins. And to rise again. To give me your victory. To be my friend. To be my guide. To be my Lord. And today, Jesus, I accept you. As Lord. As friend. As my partner in life. I give you my life, Jesus, and I receive yours. I pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for those who prayed that prayer today? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to need our prayer team to come down here right now. And listen, if you prayed that prayer or you should have prayed that prayer, you need to come down to this prayer team. All right? It says if you confess in your mouth, and uh, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Okay, so it's important that you tell somebody. All right, so please come down here. They will pray with you, to agree with you, to bless you. They're amazing, and they will give you your next steps, all that stuff. It's not about joining our church, not any of that garbage. It's about you knowing for sure that God is madly in love with you. Amen. If you're watching online, please put a comment. We'll follow up with you later. And yeah, I mean, the Lord is so pleased when a heart says yes to him. Amen. So that, what is eight plus four? That's 11 today? Yeah, 12? Is it 12? Yeah, I'm bad at math. Let's thank the Lord for that. That's so good for all 12 decisions for Christ. Amen.
And listen, if you, did, if you knew you needed to pray that and you didn't, come down here. They'll lead you in that, okay? So I'm going to welcome up Pastor Jimmy. He's going to close the gathering. Will you give it up for Pastor Jimmy, our amazing youth pastor? Oh, come, come, come. I got to tell this quick story. I forgot. I, I just so you know, I'm not talking out of two sides of my mouth or whatever. This is one of my best friends who has faithfully wounded me. He has. He has. I once was on live stream, Facebook Live. I made a quick quip to someone who was saying a comment. I didn't read the whole comment. You know how, like, only the first two lines come through? And I responded to this person not in love, and I didn't know I was being so mean until I read the comment later. As soon as I got off Facebook Live, my phone rang, and it was Pastor Jimmy. And he goes, Caleb, that was not okay. I'm like, what? And he's like, that was, I've never, no, that was not like you. That was not all right. What you said to that person, that was not done in love, da 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 and I was like, what do you mean? And then he explained the rest of the comment. And it just hit me. It crushed me. I'm like, oh. And I was wounded. Like, ah. Oh. And I had a choice. Was I going to receive that wound? Was it going to mark me and change me? Or was I going to be like, ah, Jimmy, you're just being pastoral. <laughs> just being too nice. No, no, no. It wounded me. And I do not respond to any type of critique on my live streams ever now. Because I don't know their story. I'm carrying that, that wound. You see that leap in my life now because of this man right here. You need friends like that. The thing is, you got to be open to friends like that. I could have blown up on him. I could have been like, dude, whatever, I'm your boss. You know? Right? I could have. And he'd be like, oh, sorry. That would have been the end of it. Yeah? But I didn't because I need that. Amen? You need friends like Jim.